You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today, who are the sleepers of the offense? Names that possibly could have bigger roles in 2021 than we're talking about. I think that there's about five or six names to really look after who are definitely set up for a really sound first or second year with the AM program. NBA draft goat Chad Forb of Locked On NFL Draft hosts Rafael Barlow and Locked On NBA host John Carlisle will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's part of the Locked On NBA 2021 brought to you by Bill Bar. Get your local expert analysis on each pick. Follow the Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. As always, if you like this show, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 man related content found here on LLP. You can always subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So Jimbo Fisher is now going to SEC Media Days. He'll be talking on Wednesday. Our big focus Thursday will be breaking down his presser, what he said, what are some things to look forward to. That's really going to be two days of what we're going to be talking about later this week. So I'm very excited about that. But earlier this week, he was at a coaching clinic with all the main coaches in the state of Texas. So Steve Sarkeesian was there. Gary Patterson was there from TCU. Dave Aranda from Baylor. Jeff Trailer from UTSA. And they were all talking about what they believe are the big keys going into this year. Now, this is going to be a big subject matter when we talk about SEC media days about the quarterback position. Haynes King, Zach Calzada. Haynes King, Zach Calzada. Who is the right guy? I do think right now what was interesting is that it's going to be fun to see how Calzada responds. Because it felt like Haynes King maybe had the lead in the conversation because of the entire conversation during that recruiting process was talking about Haynes King and how he would handle being a superstar for this organization. He thinks that there's a lot to look forward to, but he also does believe that Zach Calzada is the same way. Here was a quote that he said about the leaders stepping forward in 2021. I think not really their performances, but being there and understanding our culture and how we want to do things. But I mean, you know, Kenyon Green has been tremendous. DeMarvin Leal has been tremendous. Anaya Smith has been tremendous. I watch Isaiah Spiller as a leader, and he really rises, risen into that. I think our quarterback room, Zach and Haynes, have done a really good job in that regard. I think our wideouts and Hezekiah, that means Hezekiah Jones, has worked himself into a very mature guy who handles things in that regard. Luke Matthews in a quiet way. Leal has. I think Jaden Peavy has. I think Michael Clements has. I think Damani Richardson has. A lot to do that. Leon O'Neal has always been in a good position. Miles Jones and Jalen Jones. I mean, there's quite a few guys. I mean, even Seth Small and Caden Davis. There's a lot of guys that have been in this program. When you talk to them, the response you get back and things that go on. Just in the sense of it, and I mean by far holding each other accountable for things, I think that's the best move of the offseason by far. It's a good move because when you look at who left the program, 
two of the main leaders are gone in Kellen Mond and in Buddy Johnson. You do need that number two guy, that new vocal leader, that iron presence offensively. You need that guy. You do. But what I really find interesting is not only do you need that guy, but you need a guy who will hold the leader accountable. And that's where the fun conversation starts. I think based on paper, Kenyon Green could be that guy. I think at the same time, whoever wins the quarterback job is going to be that guy. But it's interesting to see how Leon O'Neal is stepping up. Damani Richardson is stepping up. Isaiah Spiller is stepping up. They all are showing that they are leaders of this team. And even though that they are still young, they're not the oldest players on the roster. There's six-year seniors there. But these guys, who are so vital to the success of a and in 2021, have really stepped up. Now back to the quarterback conversation. Haynes King seems like to be the name everybody's talking about. And he remembers, Fisher by the way, remembers what was so great about recruiting the quarterback from Longview. Well, when you watch him play, just going back before I met him, the guy should have been playing in the 70s and 80s, and I mean that in the most competitiveness, his toughness, his relentless, he's a throwback. I get coached hard, but when you watch him and compete and put his body, mind, and soul on the line there, it's just unbelievable. He can throw the football, he's a great athlete, he can run, he's grown up in a coaching background where there's a lot of nuances and things, the inevitability of being around a coach for your whole life, you can't put a price tag on that. Then there's the willingness to be a team player in all that he does, and I mean, I could go on and on. At the end of the day, the guy who lost two games, man, at a school that won its first state championship in 80 plus years, which has had great players. When he has been there, you're talking about, is he a great player? Yes. Is he a great teammate? Yes. But then he's a winner too, and he exuberates that personality on guys around him. So this is what we could do the whole time. And at the same time, we have Zach Calzada, Eli Stowers. We got a heck of a group right now, and I would not trade our room for anybody in America. It's very clear Jimbo is playing this close to the chest. According to people that I've spoke to out in College Station, they believe it's Haynes King. Zach Calzada will get snaps. He will see some playing time against Kent State, maybe Colorado, probably New Mexico. But by week four against Auburn, Arkansas, my bad, against Arkansas, it will be Haynes King. And Haynes King will keep that job, and Haynes King will be the starting quarterback at Texas A&M in 2021. But at any moment, and let's keep this in mind, at any given moment, you can look at a bad play, a bad pass in practice, and consistency from Calzada, who also is a guy who has the ability to make a ton of plays overall. I think there's a lot to like about him. And I don't think that this quarterback battle is over just yet. Now, according to everyone that I've spoken to, yeah, it is. But at any given Saturday, at any given practice, anything can happen. And one of the things that can happen is an interesting quarterback battle. I believe right now, two of the three biggest quarterback battles are right here in the Lone Star State. One is Texas with Casey Thompson and Hudson Card. And the other one is A&M with Zach Calzada and Haynes King. 
There's no denying that if Haynes King plays up to par, he is the better of the two quarterbacks. There's no denying in an offense that's trying to be more multidimensional, Haynes King is the better quarterback. But there's also no denying that Zach Calzada has an NFL arm. And on top of that, Zach Calzada has the ability to complete passes deep downfield and might be a better fit for what Jimbo Fisher's old offense was. And that's the key. And I've been saying it for a while. If you go back to the old offense, that is where it's going to be really interesting. If you're trying to get a more expanded new offense, yeah, you got to go with a guy like King. You just have to. But if you want to run what you were running in Tallahassee and in Baton Rouge, I honestly think there's an argument to be made that Calzada might be a guy. And he actually might be just as good as an option. It's all based off how you want to run this offense in 2021. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Now, Built Bar is great, and did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors that there's one for everyone? So whether you're a coconut guy, a raspberry girl, a mint brownie, or a salty caramel, you will always have a delicious treat covered in 100% real chocolate, and the bars are soft and easy to chew. And if you don't know what your favorite flavor is, you can always get a mix box where you'll get two of each of all nine flavors. Not only are the bars great tasting, but they're great for you. They have 18 to 19 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 5 grams of sugars, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. It's amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Right now, go get a deal with BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's get this conversation started. Who are the biggest names to watch for as underdogs in the realm of Texas A&M's offense? I really actually like this question because of I do think there's multiple ways to go with this. And the underdogs may not get the praise of the Isaiah Spillers and the Jalen Weidemeyers, but they may be just as valuable when it comes down the stretch. So I'm going to go with six. Here we go. Let's start with number six and work our way up. Number six is Bryce Foster. I think that if he has a really good camp, he will at least play himself into that number two guard spot. So whatever that is. Swing guard, maybe plays left guard, maybe plays right guard. But whoever wins the job, and Layden Robinson is going to win one. Um, Oki, I've, I always know I'm, I'm messing up his name like crazy. And Kinola is going to get the other one. So if Bryce Foster can play well, he likely takes over for a Josh Bankhead as that swing guard. If an injury happens, I do believe he will have the opportunity to step up right away and make a massive impact. The guy is an all-state track star in the shot put, in the discus, in the throw, in everything you need for that great extend. And what I mean by the extend is when you're throwing a discus and you spin, you extend your arm out as far as possible to get as high of a trajectory on the disc. That's just like when you're extending your arms out in pass pro sets. You're holding your edge and you're going out as deep as possible to get the widest stance to be able to hold that block a little bit longer. Having that background in the track field aspect is huge and beneficial 
for what AM needs this year. It doesn't matter if it's Haynes King. It doesn't matter if it's Zach Calzada. You need as great a pass protection as possible. And with a guy like Bryce Foster, if given the opportunity to start, I don't think he gives back that start and roll. At right guard, at left guard, at center, he can be an all-purpose interior offensive lineman and a really good one at that. Number five, Moosin Muhammad. Moose is probably going to be a guy to watch for in 2022. But if he does get some reps because of, again, this wide receiver core, no one really knows what to make of it. I could say right now, Chase Lane is likely your number one going into the year. Two, three, four, five, six, go ahead and get best of luck. But I do think Hezekiah Jones, because of his veteranship, will get a shot. Jalen Preston will get a shot. Demon Demas will get a shot. Moose may get reps with the second team, but he could get a really good look with that second team offense to where maybe there's a play where you run a spread option, where you run a four receiver set. And if that's the case, you call on him to step up. He's a good slot guy, great route runner. His father played in the NFL for 14 seasons, absolute stud with the Carolina Panthers and with the Chicago Bears. He has that wide receiver background. That is huge for Texas A&M. Because of that was one of their weaknesses last year. Anaya Smith, he's going to be doing everything. I'm not going to put him in that wide receiver category because then I would say he's wide receiver one. But he's really going to be doing a little bit of everything. He's going to make plays on the offense, on the uh, run game. He's going to make plays in the wide receiver spot. They're going to have options for him on jet sweeps and motions and everything that you saw Kadarius Tony do last year. But sometimes you got to take him out of the game. Maybe put Jalen Preston in, maybe put Hezekiah Jones in, or maybe you get the young gun a shot. And of the wide receivers going into this year, I really do like what I've seen from Moose. And the fact that he comes from an NFL pedigree only boosts up his chance of being successful even more. Number four, Max Wright, tight end. Listen, they're going to try to run a bunch of 12-man personnel this year. There's no denying that the way that the SEC is moving you want to be able to run the ball. They have a good rushing attack. There's an argument to be made that they have the best 1-2-3 combination in the SEC, in the FBS going into this year. you got to have as much protection as possible. Max Wright can offer little in the passing game. I'm not saying he can't do anything because he did have a touchdown last year in South Carolina. But I do think his best attributes are his blocking skills. You pair him with Jalen Widermeyer, who's rapidly improved. That allows you to ground and pound that ball, A, B, C gap. It allows you to get the tight end to close off the weak side or the strong side linebacker, work them in, and then make the defensive back have to come down and basically play man against Spiller and his brute strength, Smith and his agility, or Devon A. Chain and his speed. No matter how you look at it, it is a big, big Big deal with how this is going to play out. So having a tight end who's a really sound blocker offers so much stability for this offense, moving the ball and keeping drives alive and owning the clock and little things that maybe don't matter as much to the fan base, but they do to the stat line is a very big deal. It's a huge deal for Texas A&M. Win the clock, control the ball, limit the turnovers, 
you have yourself a really good game. And on top of all that, you don't really know what you have at quarterback right now. Haynes King, Zach Calzada, I believe that this battle goes on throughout camp. Calzada maybe is the downside right now. King maybe has the advantage. But overall, I think you're going to run the ball a little bit more than you did last year. And if you do, you got to run a 12-man personnel. If that's the case, Max Wright could be your guy. And he could be a really, really good one too. Game 6 of the NBA Finals is on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Central Time right here. You can watch it on ABC, and you can also go ahead and make your bet on if Milwaukee will get their first championship in 50 years or if Phoenix can stay alive by going to betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to make all your bets in sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, info, including MLB, the NBA Finals, and of course, your UFC MMA action. Before next pitch, before tip-off, head on over to BetOnline and type in the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% bonus with your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the action. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Listen to the ultimate mock draft presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from GOAT of the NBA mock drafts, Chad Forbes, and Odyssey NBA expert, Brian Scalabine, and former NBA general manager, Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball team throughout this week-long special event. Search the ultimate mock draft on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Odyssey is your home for all sports, podcasts, music, news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. Keeping right along, let's go into our top three players I believe could have big time years for Texas A&M. Number three, Jalen Preston. Again, I view this as an opportunity for the main three, Chase Lane, Damon Demas, Anaya Smith, Hezekiah Jones. Those are going to be the three slash four that I expect to line up in the X, Y, and Z position consistently with the first-team offense. Now, whenever camp begins and whenever we can get into training camp and we can get you know inside the building and see a little bit more, that's going to be an interesting part to see where we stand. But I do believe that overall, Jalen Preston is probably going to be left off this year. So he's going to have to make the most of his reps. Again, last year, every wide receiver was a little bit stagnant. Nobody really made an impact. So that does leave room for growth this year. Jalen Preston is a pretty good route runner. He's got good hands. He's got decent size. You can play him in the slot. You can play him on the outside. You want to play him at your X. You're probably risking it, but your Z with speed, maybe your Y in the slot. All of those attributes fit both those roles. And when they do fit those roles, it's a very good opportunity for this team to take that next level. Adding whatever you can in the passing game is going to be so beneficial for the Aggie success in 2021. And I'm very excited to see where this team can go moving forward. That's for dang sure. Number two, LJ Johnson. LJ Johnson is probably going to start the year off as the fourth running back on the roster, maybe even the fifth behind DeAndre Jackson. That's how low he's probably going to start. But the Cy-Fair product is a nice blend between, I would say, Anias Smith and Isaiah Spiller. Good size, great agility, good speed, great vision, is physical, can work between the trenches, and probably is going to be the long-term replacement for Spiller whenever he goes to the NFL draft, which will probably be next year. 
Devon A-Chain, as good as he is, he's your change of pace back. He's going to make a really big impact with the speed, but you need that brute strength. And maybe if Anaya Smith does play mostly wide receiver, it's because they see something really special with the likes of LJ Johnson. When you look at LJ, think Derrick Henry. Not in the sense of they are the same player, because they're not. They're not even close to being the same player. But Derrick Henry, in his first year at Alabama, did not do much. But when he did touch the field, it was impressive. In his first year with the Crimson Tide, he only had 35 rushing attempts. He averaged 10.9 yards per run. He scored three touchdowns. He had 62 total plays. 36 total plays, my bad. 36 total plays. One was a reception. It went 61 yards. It went for a touchdown. It doesn't mean you have to be the all-purpose workback. It just means you have to show stability at your position. And I do believe when you look at this Texas A&M roster, they could use another runner. The more runners you have, the better. Because it gives your veterans a break. And maybe he'll work out with mostly the second team. But I do think he can make a big impact in late games as your probably ex-weapon because nobody's going to be preparing for him. They're going to be looking for A-Chain, number six. They're going to be looking for number zero. They're going to be looking for number 28. They're not going to be looking for LJ Johnson. And that could be a mismatch and a big chess piece for Dale Dickey and Jim- Jimbo Fisher if they know how to properly use him. And number one, and I have to put him underrated, and I don't want to, but I have to because of injuries. It's Baylor Cup. Baylor Cup still could be an amazing tight end. And he's probably going to be on campus for six years. Because if he still has used two red shirts, they redshirted him his first year. They medically redshirted him last year. So he's got at least another four years. He's technically still a freshman on, you know, on the um, on the roster wise. So he'd have to go to grad school. But this is a really big year for him because if he was one of the top tight ends coming out of high school and you just haven't been able to see what he can do and it's allowed Jalen Weidemeyer to step up immediately and contribute right away. And this is a guy who everyone thought was better. Now imagine if you can get both of them on the field at the same time and probably use Cup as the receiving flex option like a Kyle Pitts and even though that I'm saying that Jalen Weidemeyer is going to be the Kyle Pitts 2.0, it means he's going to have that rise on draft boards. He's going to be a first-round you know, tight end. He's going to be in that first-round conversation. Those are things I talk about, and I'm like, yep, that's exactly what I mean. That's what I'm standing by. And I could see that happening easily. But he's got to stay healthy. And if he can stay healthy, I believe that this could be a really good year for him. He is a mismatch against linebackers. You can't play nickel defense against him. You can't play a safety on him. You really don't know what you have. So you got to play your biggest and fastest defensive back. And maybe he's not on the field consistently. But if Baylor Cup's on the field consistently, that is a big plus in AM's back pocket. This doesn't mean that he is going to be an elite player or even a superstar. But he can have maybe 20 catches for 200 yards and eight touchdowns because he's such a mismatch in the red zone and it really helps out AM's offensive efficiency when down in the 15, when down in the 7, when down in the 5. Those are areas where I think more than ever, 
having a six foot six tight end bodes well in your favor. And for AM to have that guy is so important to the success of what the 12th man is trying to do in 2021. He easily is an underrated player because if nobody knows what he can be because he hasn't been healthy. And that's a good thing because of maybe, just maybe, this is the year where everything comes together for the former number one tight end recruit in the state of Texas. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. You can also follow all my great written work at allaggies.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. We'll be back tomorrow. You can kind of already guess what tomorrow's show is. I did five underrated players on offense. Who are the five underrated players on defense? We'll be talking that and much, much more, plus an update on SEC Media Days from day one. See you soon. And remember, you get me all. This has been... Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.